Hello and welcome to Still Any Good, the podcast where we run the risk of ruining our childhoods by revisiting fondly remembered films. My name's Christopher Webb, and with me as ever, it's my petrifying podcast pal, it's Robert Johnson. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm good, thank you. That's good. What have you been up to? Uh, well, today's a very um, exciting day for me because, and this is going to be a very clangy uh, name drop here, but some of my best friends are becoming government ministers today. Ooh, get you! <laughs> very good day. Yeah, so my, my life outside of the, the podcast, and th- there is one, not, not much of one, but there is, is uh, working in politics for the Labour Party. So, And the Labour Party, of course, just won the general election. We bloody did, so about time to. Um, well, of course, we're, we're very close to Halloween. Any plans? No. Um, last year, if it's anything like last year, I'll just sit at the window and scowl at kids, discouraging them from uh, opening the front gate. That's that's every day. That's not just how well. Yeah, the you know the the authorities have been alerted before. So um, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, that that's probably what mine's gonna involved as friends of mine will know um halloween is is a big time in our house because I, i've got two children my, my eldest daughter who's seven is is kind of obsessed with with horror and all things scary so she's she's got some massive plans for halloween hmm. um she, she's a bit into pennywise the clown at the moment so who isn't well, <laughs> well some, a lot of children are in Pennywise. Pennywise is the real it monster at the moment. You know? He really is. He's in the it crowd. <laughs> he really is. Is um is Halloween a big thing from you know your mother mother country? From my mother country, it's it's not it's not as it's, apologies to all our American listeners. It's it's not as Americanized as as it is here in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the American way is you can sort of dress up as anything, and and they use words like trick or treat. Where with us, we would just knock on people's doors and basically go, black is black, green is green, anything for Halloween, and just hold your hand out and expect to be given money. Oh, I like that. Not, not sweets or it's, lollies, it's none less, of that. It's less threatening. It's terrifying, especially if you live on a council estate. <laughs> but it, it, it's, I think it's a lot bigger now. It's become, mm. become a lot more... I don't like you to use the word commercialised, but it's, mm. it, it's a lot bigger and, it's, and it is a lot of fun. It's, it's become a bit more universal. Yeah, think, yeah, I think yeah. So. But of course, this segues nicely into into what we're about, um, because this is our our Halloween double bill special. Ooh, Ooh that was scary. <laughs> we can't afford it. <laughs> we can't afford extra sound effects. <laughs> that was like John Inman. He just walked in the door. Oh, yeah. So this Cranky is out. this is a double bill. Both Rob and I have chosen a film. Mm-hmm. Films that we remember as being important to either our childhood or from our youth. Maybe it was a, a horror film that we watched when we were younger or it's one that's remembered and stuck with us. So we're going to revisit them and, and talk about them. So the first one is your choice, Rob. Mm-hmm. What have we got? I have chosen Fright Night. Mm. Uh, <laughs> we're going good with the sound effects <laughs> Kenneth today. Williams is just arrived. <laughs> we should have done Carry On Screaming. Ooh, uh, um... What would you do if you accidentally discovered the house next door was occupied by something not human? Something horrifying. Something unspeakably evil. No one believes you. Mom, I didn't have a nightmare. Not your mom. They did kill a girl over there. Not your girlfriend. Charlie, is this some sort of a trick to get me back? Not even the police. Look, I know it's crazy. I know that, but look, Lieutenant! It knows that you know. You'll do anything to protect yourself. But it will do anything to protect its secret. I first watched, uh, as, as with many of these films, actually, on a late 
sort of Friday night horror screening. Um, I think I was about 10 or 11. Was Count Robula there at the time? Well, you know, I have, I've actually referenced Count Robula in my notes because he's very Peter Vincenty, isn't he? In a way, he yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cross that note for a while yeah. then, because I wrote about Count Robula too. And when I watched Fright Night, I had never seen anything like it. It was just really blew me away, and I've always loved it. I haven't really. I've watched it maybe twice since then, but blew me away when I was when I was a kid. I'd never seen a film that sort of played with humour and the special effects. And yes. The, sexiness a bit and mm. you know it was just yeah yeah um, I, I do recall watching it probably about the same time i, I always remember the, the the poster or the the vhs cover was was very very striking it's like huge smiling mouth full of fangs yeah. over the house yeah which is which is really really arresting and because i'm slightly older than you yeah I, i'd already seen an american werewolf in london i saw that when i was about 11 12 mm-hmm. in the early 80s mm-hmm. and so this has got a lot of similarities to that it's got very this much. practical effect it's got the sexiness yeah it's got the humor it, you know, there's even sort of an homage transformation kind of scene isn't there really it, it does the hand holding the hand up to the screen thing that they do so well in and, american and, werewolf and sort of evil leads yeah yeah demise or not spoilers, um spoilers and uh, yeah that that poster was really arresting and it was mm. so arresting they Basically ripped it off for the sequel. I think they used the, almost the exact same poster for Fright Night 2, which they came out did. a few years later. A 1985 film directed by uh, Tom Holland, not the, uh, not yet, the Spider-Man. Not the young chap who plays Spider-Man, no. but the director of Child's Play and the guy who wrote Psycho 2. Opens on this full moon, about as cliche a horror sort of setting as you can get, this full moon, a howling wolf. We hear some very cheesy dialogue of a man sort of being seduced by a, a lady yes. vampire. And um, slowly panning into this suburban house at night. Yes. And we realise that what we're hearing is actually the dialogue from a corny old vampire movie that's playing on the bedroom TV of our lead, Charlie Brewster, mm-hmm. who's desperately trying to uh, cop it off with his with his girlfriend and they sort of roll off the bed. And He's basically a sex pet. Very much coercive, uh, sexually harassing his uh, girlfriend to um, do it with him. He basically manipulates it so it turns that she's begging him for yeah. it rather than him just being a walking hard-on. Exactly. And then as she sort of is beaten into submission, um, he's distracted. Because the and, telly's on. Cause yeah. <laughs> the telly's on. But also because two, you know, as a common suburban site, two chaps are walking into the, the next-door house carrying a, carrying a coffin. Off. With the, the film that's playing on the on the TV, uh, we then have Roddy McDowell, brilliant mm-hmm. Roddy McDowell. He is, owns this movie. Fantastic in this. So good really in this. Brilliant. Um, and he appears as the kind of Van Helsing-esque yes. Peter Vincent. Um, I thought he's like a cross between Van Helsing and Tim Gunn from Project <laughs> Roma. Come on, designers. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and you know, he's, he's got his... Inverness cape that you know Sherlock Holmes had, and he's got his yep. little suitcase of steaks, and mm-hmm. Peter Vincent sort of evoking Peter Cushing, Vincent yes. Price, and um, we then find that Peter Vincent is actually presenting Fright Night, Fright. which is the yep. sort of your Friday night creature features. Which for our, our regular listeners, all fifteen or so of you, this is very similar to, to Rob talking about our, our former Prime Minister Rob Muldoon, who played Count Robula, who he used did. to introduce. Uh, Friday Frights, uh, shocking horror films. And I, I did, as I was watching and rewatching this, have a little flight of fancy of, oh, what if Rob Muldoon was pulled into some kind of real-life vampire? There's a movie there. 
Not a very good one. Well, but... you're, you're in a position of parliamentary power now, Rob. Maybe you can make this happen. Oh, I'll pull some strings. So um, we've had Charlie coercing and pressuring Amy, uh, his girlfriend Amy, who is played by Amanda Bess, who, of course, was Marcy Darcy and Married with Children. Which I didn't realise until I started looking into this. I recognised her, but I didn't realise that she was Marcy. And she sort of... And Marcy Darcy, of course, is a, basically a psycho. Yes. Um, <laughs> and there is there are moments in this movie, I think, where Amanda Bess kind of channels that same sort of manic kind of mm. intensity a little bit. She's got that wide-eyed mania. She does that very well. Yeah, but it is uh, quite amusing seeing her as the sort of young ingenue, if, you've, if you're a Married with Children fan. What that kind of... It's, it's quite a clever little opening scene, I think, because it sort of sets up that we're in the 80s. Mm. We're in John Hughes territory, we are in, We're in John Hughes territory. Vampires aren't scary anymore. Yeah. They're just corny, old creature features. Mm. And um, it's the age of the slasher film and hockey mask. Yes, which they do yeah, reference. They do reference. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a good way to, to kick it off because the rest of the film is about... Reminding us that actually vampires can be quite scary and cool. Um, So uh, Charlie then goes to see his his best friend, Evil Ed, who I I still can't decide if he is really, really brilliant or the most annoying thing I've ever seen in my life. I think it's a combination of both. Yeah, well, I'm going to ear towards brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Because he was... I mean, it was an unforgettable character for me as a kid. Yeah. Uh, and the actor, Stephen Jeffries, is actually quite a good quite a good actor, apparently, when you sort of look into how his career started. Yes. Not, not quite how it I would progressed. like to talk about how it progressed. <laughs> and I haven't he, seen those performances. He, he won some stage acting award. Um, he started out as a stage actor. He was, he was Tony nominated. Tony, yeah, yeah, Tony nominated. And then, of course, uh, natural progression of career. Became a gay porn star in yes. the nineties. I, I have written down some of his some of his films in his latter career. He was the star of Latin Crotch Rockets, Ooh. Butt Blazer, uh, and The Cockpit. Ah, uh, yes, which yeah. must be about pilots. Yeah, it's much better than the sequel. That one. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen the sequel. Mm. Yeah, um, I think my issue with with him is his performance is so outlandish. It, it is like he's in a different film. It's like he, yeah. he should be in Porky's or something like that mm-hmm. because he's so. So manic and and so yeah. all the time that it it just doesn't fit in with especially with with Charlie's very linear performance. Yeah, um, I, I I just remember finding it really kind of an unsavory and scary performance as a as a kid, especially mm. when uh, you know he kind of transforms later in the yes. in the in the movie. I actually found him a little bit of a tragic character, Evil Ed. Towards the end, most well, yeah. not even towards the end, where he where he's first seduced yeah. by by Jerry the vampire, and, and um, that, that's quite a sad scene where he, he talks about loneliness and that's you won't be bullied anymore. It's, not that we ever see them be bullied. No, but, but you can tell very much that he's a, he's an outcast. Yeah, and yeah. that's why um, he's such an obnoxious twat, probably. Yeah. And of course, there's a couple of good catchphrases that kind of got spawned. He did get the catchphrase out of yeah. us, you know. You're so cool, Brewster, and even the to what do I owe this dubious pleasure? Yeah. Yeah. I used to say that all the time as a kid. I didn't realise why. Um, <laughs> Hope you didn't say any of the other things that, that Stephen Jeffrey said later <laughs> yeah. in his career. It was just a lot of grunting, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Talking with your mouth full. Yeah. So, and I mean, the, the whole cast actually is a very well cast film, isn't it? And, yeah. And we might maybe we'll come to it later. But Roddy McDowell, as we've touched on, just amazing in this. I remember um, after watching this, I actually sought out because I'd never seen the Planet of the Apes films mm. and I sort of sought out other things he had done and that's how I ended up watching Planet of the Apes was 
after this. Did you watch Overboard? No, I didn't. You really should. That, that's another one worth revisiting. That's not the Kurt Russell, Goldie Hawn. Yeah. Is Roddy McDowell in that one? Isn't he the butler in that? Oh, possibly. I yeah, think he's no, the butler in Overboard. I haven't seen it for a long time. We should have it for this because... <laughs> It's very dubious, politically. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> is it the one where Kurt Russell sort of wears the denim overalls with nothing underneath? And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like like Henry from Neighbours, absolutely. Cla- yeah, classic hillbilly look. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, Chris Sarandon as the vampire antagonist, I think one of the great, great film vampires I'd go so far as Definitely. saying. I think he's great in this. He's terrific. He is brilliant. I've, the only thing I've ever seen him is, is of course, Prince Humperdinck. Yeah. In the Princess, but that's the only thing I've heard of him mm. not before Christmas. But but other than that, that's the only thing I've seen him, and he's suitably creepy and seedy in that too. And and of course Susan's ex-husband, isn't of he? Of course. And uh, even William Ragsdale, who's sort of the everyman kid protagonist, who's, he is quite obviously in his twenties. Oh in this yeah, movie. yeah. Um, but even he, you know, fills that role quite well. I, I think he. It's very much like Zach Gallagher in Gremlins. Yeah, very much. Very where much. it's it's a very, very beige leading man. Mm. But he accepts that because there's so many more interesting things going on around him. And he's okay with that. Kind of forgettable, but but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's very much um, the, the Billy character from Gremlins with a bit of Jonathan Harker chucked yeah. in, isn't he? But with a much smaller face. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a tiny little face on a big head. Charlie has, has seen the, the, the chaps moving next door with the yep. coffin. Um, now, have we had the, the the window scene, the iconics of windows? No. The, the, the next thing is, is Charlie. Charlie puts on his sex pest hat again. Oh yes. And um, he gets out some binoculars so he can spy on on Jerry and a prostitute yeah. having a cuddle next door. And and as you do when you're a um, nocturnal, immortal creature of the night, all your sort of nude slayings take place right With at the, the bedroom. Open. <laughs> the curtains open right at the bedroom window. <laughs> Just, you think you'd you know, have learned by now, wouldn't you? Do downstairs. Yeah. Or maybe he gets off on the on the risk taking. <laughs> well, perhaps he does. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, so so Charlie uh, witnesses Jerry and um, his alluring victim strip off. Mm-hmm. Um, the fangs come out. Um, Jerry then sort of sees that Charlie's perving at him. Yep. Gives, from, gives him a smile from next door. Gives him a smile, and then with his kind of long talons, he, mm-hmm. he pulls the blinds down. And uh, Charlie sort of shits himself, as, Sh- as he would. Because I think Charlie then rushes outside, and there's, there's a really good sort of POV shot of a flying bat. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is it, it's very reminiscent of The Lost Boys, which I think was a couple of years after this, because yeah. they use that quite a lot. But that was a great scene with the, the flying bat going through the garden. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, and I actually think, I've, I've made a note here that um, I think this was quite an influential film, and it definitely, I think, influenced uh, The Lost Boys, Yeah, which um, came out two years later. Just in sort of depicting the vampires as kind of monstrous. You know, it was the first movie I'd seen where vampire was represented as more than just a chap with pretend fangs on. This actually sort of turned them into kind of creatures, almost like a werewolf where there's yes. actual physical deformities and, you know, really yep. demonic kind of a An look. absolute monster. Yep. And the Lost Boys sort of levelled that up a little bit mm. a couple of years later. And, and then Coppola shat on that by making him a tragic figure of, uh, of love. God. Which... I don't really want to talk about that film because it's awful. But even Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which sort of came out in the mm. 90s, did that same thing, real simple prostheses over the kind of eyebrows yeah. and things, and it's like, wow, that makes someone look really... Yeah, the lumpy scary. eyebrows. Yeah. yeah, it does. That became actually, sort of a yeah. vampire yeah. trope, didn't it? Yeah, so that that is quite a cool shot. Oh, yeah, now Charlie um, contacts the, the police, doesn't he? Yeah. And the world's worst policeman takes him into the house. It does, it does. And um, we meet uh, Jerry Dandridge's who's the uh, vampire, we meet his kind of creepy henchman. Mm-hmm. His Renfield. 
as Renfield, who's sort of like his little live-in fun boy, Billy. <laughs> um, and yeah, there's a, there's a few scenes in this movie where it kind of implies that they do have quite a close relationship, Billy yes. and, and Jerry. Yes. And I, I did read an article that um, uh, where the editor of this film had said uh, Tom Holland had deliberately sort of inserted a few kind of homosexual mm. themes and, and, and references in. And so Billy, the, the ghoulish undead houseboy, um, says that Jerry's away on business. Uh, Charlie then sort of kind of cracks and says, no, you know, he's a vampire, makes himself look like a complete and utter idiot, and does his chips with the cops, <laughs> who just, you know... Because all Charlie really had to say was, that prostitute that got murdered, yeah. I saw her outside that house and I saw her go in. Yeah. He didn't have to go in with the policeman, he just no. had to leave it there. Exactly. And then he would have been anonymous. It wasn't the cleverest no. strategy, but that's Charlie Brewster for you. I think next is, is when sort of Charlie, we find that Charlie, his mum has invited Jerry over, is that where? That's right, yep. yeah, because Ed, which, which we all know now, Ed, yep. Ed runs through that there are certain rules, which of course all modern films have to use that line, mm-hmm. um, but again, back in the 80s, we, we, were, we were different then, we didn't know much about vampires, so no. he runs through the whole garlic, stakes through the heart, holy water, and they have to be invited in. Mm. Again, something which is used... Predominantly in the Lost Boys, only two years later. That, yeah. that's, that, that's a focal part of the Lost Boys as well. Yeah. Is, is it has they have to be invited in? So mm-hmm. Charlie thinks, well, that's all right. I'll just tell my mum not to invite him in. <laughs> and of course, the silly old bags have already invited him. He's in. already there because Jerry is quite a charming, handsome debonair. Yeah. And his mum obviously. Where's his dad, by the way? Where's Charlie's dad? It's never really commented no, on. No, it's is not. It? Charlie's dad, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's in a bit of trouble. You might want to come home, yeah. Mr. Brewster. I'd stay the hell away if I was you, Charlie's dad. I think you you did well. Um, but she obviously fancies Jerry. Yeah. You and, can tell that. And, and everyone does. And uh, later on that night, Jerry sort of pays Charlie a nighttime visit. And he basically says to Charlie, after sort of scaring the, the crap out of him, that, you know, forget about me. I'll forget about you. That's a pretty charitable thing for a vampire to say. For a bloodthirsty vampire yeah. who loves killing and loves blood. Yep, that's that's a genuine. That's a very generous offer. I think it's really generous. I would have taken that like a shot. Shit, have... yeah. Charlie tries to sort of ward him off with the crucifix, and Jerry just kind of oh, please. Yeah, you need faith. Yeah, yeah. Then Charlie stabs his hand with a what must have been an incredibly sharp pencil. He must have been sharpening that for for quite some time. Quite it's some time. Razor sharp. And then Jerry does a a nice partridge scream. Yeah. Yep. Um, and says, "Right, you're dead after. I'm going to yeah. do you for that." Yeah. And he's about to. Sort of chuck him out the window, isn't he? Really well played by Chris Sarandon here. Already we can see he's, there's something sympathetic about him. And it's not just the fact that he's sort of this charming, kind of handsome dude. But there's just, you know, even just making that bargain, wanting to strike that bargain with Charlie. Yeah. You know, it's not it's like... A, it's a reasonable it's, offer. Yeah, there's just something sympathetic about Jerry throughout the whole kind of film, I think. So the real star of the film comes into play very shortly. Peter Vincent. Yes. Perfectly cast, pitch perfect characterization. Roddy McDowell is sort of this pompous yet washed out sort of B movie actor <laughs> who's now presenting the, the Friday Frights. And um, Evil Ed and Amy become a bit worried about Charlie's delusions. Yes. And they sort of team up to prove that yep. Jerry isn't actually a vampire. So they, they, they turn up at, at, um, at Charlie's house, Amy on the funniest motor scooter. It. It's like the Sinclair C5, which is this old electric car. Brilliant. It's not Street Hawk. So she turns up on that motor scooter, 
Yeah. Um, and so they, do they go and see Peter they Vincent? They go and see Peter Vincent. They sort of suggest that he administer a, a test on, on Jerry Dandridge to see if, in fact, he is actually a, a vampire and that this Jerry presumably will pass the yep. test, um, that that'll calm Charlie down. And they end up, I think, paying him $50 yeah. or something to do it's, it. That's quite a funny bit where he says, no, I've got this top offer of a job as a leading man in Hollywood. And she says, I'll pay you $500. Yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> it's great. And uh, I mean, the first half of this film is very funny, isn't it? Yeah, it's really, it's great. And um, it's a bit postmodern. They really do mine the, the humour out of the whole sort of situation. And it's just, it's quite a obvious but brilliant conceit isn't it a vampire moves in next door most definitely it, a, it, it plays on all those kind of American comedies where the bad neighbour moves yeah. in next door or rear window the, the, the rear window yeah. or, or those girl next door the girl yeah. you fancy has just moved in next door something unattainable yeah. someone's moved in next door and it's a vampire yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic idea it, it is and um, it's, it's very well done so uh, Peter Vincent agrees to um, administer this test on, on Jerry they call Jerry and, and ask if uh, they can bring some crucifixes. And he says he's a born-again Christian. That's right. And it would be a bit tasteless. <laughs> Which I, I thought, hey, I this, this guy can think on his feet. Um, <laughs> and uh, so they settle on him drinking some holy water. Yes. Um, so they go and visit Jerry. Everyone's quite taken with him straight away, especially Amy, who mm. says, God, he's neato. He's neato, yeah. Because <laughs> he is. He is yeah, neato. he is neat. He charms them all. He warms the little vial of holy water by the fire. Mm. So I wonder if that was like some little... It's almost like a litmus test. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so he realises, oh, okay, I can, mm. I can nick this. Drinks it. He is not a vampire. But just as they're about to leave, well, well, well. Well, yeah. Peter looks in his mirror. There's no reflection. Jerry casts no reflection mm. at all. So Peter realises it's all true. Everything that he has been joking about and acting about for the last 40 years, it's all real. Mm-hmm. And that comes a bit of a shock to him. So much so that he drops his his mirror, mm-hmm. leaving a little piece on the floor, yep. and gets out of there as quick as he can. Yep. But in the meantime, Jerry takes a look at Amy. He, he sort of recognises her. He, he does. She She apparently... Has a likeness to a portrait that he has hanging, mm. but of course she looks nothing like it. No, it may as well be a portrait of me. It doesn't look anything <laughs> like it at all. But but to Jerry, Amy really mm. looks like this portrait, and so mm. we, we we get the idea. Yeah. Bit of a Dracula illusion there. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. this is sort of who Jerry Dandridge reminds me of. Was sort of Frank Langella's incarnation of of Dracula, which is a, a bit kind of modern and sexy. Yeah, and, not as modern yeah. and sexy as the George Hamilton. Not quite. Dracula. Love, Love at first, first bite. bite. Yeah. Which I have seen. It's a great film. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> We're not watching that. No. So um, Peter Vincent realises that, holy shit, this guy is a vampire. Yep. They get out of there as quick mm, as they can. But they of course, Peter says, no, nah, I'm just going. That's it. Mm. Um, you're on your own, kids. But of course, then Jerry stands on the little piece of mirror. He does. That, that, uh, that Peter has dropped. He puts two and two together and thinks, mm. ah. He knows, so he has to go after them. So uh, Jerry then turns and sub- seduces Ed, doesn't he? He does. Chases him down the dark alleyway. Very much plays on Ed's status as kind of a loner and mm. outsider. Yep. He says, I know what it's like being different. Ed is quite easily convinced, though. He is. Become a vampire with me, no way. Oh, yeah. please. Oh, all right, then. Yeah. Don't. Stop. Yeah. Don't stop. Oh, all um, right, then. And so, yep. yep. Uh, Jerry bites Ed, and lo and behold, Ed is now one of the... The undead. Mm. And he's quite a gnarly, gruesome little vampire, Zed. He's fantastic. He's, he's great. He's almost like a grown-up Eddie Munster. <laughs> yeah. 
and he goes and attacks Peter Vincent, um, who brands Ed's forehead with a crucifix, mm. and then sort of wards him off with the cross and starts sort of saying the old kind of power of Christ compels you kind yes, of yep. thing, and you start seeing Peter Vincent channeling his, his inner Peter Vincent. Yes. Meanwhile, Jerry chases Charlie and Amy into a nightclub. Which is the world's lightest nightclub. Yeah. And it's got a fully functioning restaurant. Mm. Now, when I, when I, in my younger days, I used to go clubbing occasionally. Yeah. Well, I'd go to nightclubs. Never seen a restaurant. Never anymore. seen a restaurant? No, no. no. You might be able to buy some chips outside, but that'll be about it. It would really um, impact on the ambiance of, of sort of a romantic dinner date yeah. in a nightclub. Well, it would. They're trying to get off with someone, and mm. you know, someone comes in with like a chicken cordon bleu <laughs> over your shoulder. But it's also quite a bad nightclub. I mean, nobody seems to be dancing in time to the music. Not really. But, hey, we end up with a classic 80s nightclub vampire seduction scene. Amy sort of is in Jerry's thrall. Mm. does the other little vampire hypnosis yes. thing. Um, and uh, Charlie realises, shit, he's got my woman. Mm. I better team up with Peter, Peter. Vincent to uh, to save Amy. And there's kind of, you know, there is this underlying, as with many vampire films, underlying theme of sort of sexuality and, mm. and sex. And, you know, the first scene is Charlie trying to get it off with Amy. And then, of course, here comes Jerry Dandridge, who's this really attractive... Mm. sexually potent guy who gets whoever he wants. Well, well, that's why vampires were invented, Mm. for for Hollywood reasons, Mm -hmm. Um, because it is basically that that sexual repression. It's a release of that sexuality because of, was it the Hayes Code? Yeah, the Hayes Um, Code, yeah. Where you you couldn't do any, you couldn't show an ankle, you couldn't have a shoulder, no cleavage. So vampires were a way of of getting out of that and getting away with it. Um, Vampires represented that, that... unleashing of sexuality yeah yeah and it's it's very apparent in this yeah and it's and it's played with throughout the whole movie really and you know part of it is probably that kind of 80s setting as well um but yeah peter and charlie and peter team up peter confesses to that he was actually paid to yep. kind of do that test today um there's that he's terrified um but charlie gives him a little pep talk goes, well, well, you're here you're yep. doing it I need you. We we find Amy in Jerry's um, lair, and in a very overtly sort of deflowering kind of scene, <laughs> isn't it? He seduces her again. She's kind of resistant, and then kind of not resistant. Not resistant, mm. and it's never clear whether it's sort of like the vampire hypnosis, or if it's just like just just Chris Sarandon. Oh uh, yeah, it's mm. Chris Sarandon, and um, yeah, and he and he bites the neck. He bites his shoulder. Oh, he bites his shoulder. Yeah, I, I can and, really work that. Out. There's not many veins in the shoulder. Is that I don't really understand why he did that because we see Ed's neck and he's got a big puncture mark on his on his jugular vein, but he it, bites her in the shoulder. It might be because it gives us a nice shot of the blood running yes. right down her back, yeah. at, which at, it does at the end of the scene. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just a bit sexy. Mm, yeah, it's maybe a bit like a love fancy, bite. Yeah, maybe yeah. if you fancy a girl, you bite her in the shoulder. Maybe, maybe. yeah. And then we sort of come into the last sort of act of the movie, which it switches up from kind of this postmodern sort of almost comedic thing into quite a traditional goodies versus the yes. the baddies um, let's storm the vampires lair and, mm-hmm. and kill them all and there's some quite impressive special effects that come out most this. definitely yeah. yeah a lot of the, the, and the effects are, are very really fun as well they are very fun yeah. and um, the, so the guy who did these special effects was uh, Richard Edland what did he do I'm sure you've he, that. he also did so he's multi academy award winner because he used to do he worked on Star Wars movies and cool done all sorts of stuff in VFX but he also did Ghostbusters in terms of like the practical kind of mm-hmm. stuff and uh, Big, Tr- Big Trouble in Little China wonderful 
Um, and he does some really innovative, quite influential stuff here with his little vampire effects, I think. Yeah. We've already sort of talked about the the look of the vampires the, the, when they transform. The giant mouths is, mm. is something that, I, that I'd never seen before. It's, it's, it's used quite regularly now, mm. but, but CGI'd like big mouths. But this is, again, it's all, it's all practical effects. It's yeah. all prosthetics, and it, it, it's fabulous. And Yeah, and uh, even just the, you know, having more than kind of just the two yeah. little sharp teeth, having like a whole rows of mm. fangs and just... They're, they're really monstrous, these vampires. Yeah. And... and um, you know, the film is really saying, oh, you thought vampires were cheesy and... And sexy. And, 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 yeah, but actually, they'll, we can fucking scare you with yeah, these things. Yeah, they'll have you. Yeah, we have Peter and, and Charlie now kind of storming the vampire's lair. They're, they're confronted by Billy on the stairs. Yeah, Billy, the, the, the ghoul slave protector. And he uh, sort of knocks out Charlie pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And then um, Vincent, Peter Vincent runs next door to alert Charlie's mum. Mm-hmm. And Ed is there. And he transforms into a wolf. Can we just talk about Ed in the bed? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the little uh, um, Red Riding Hood sort With of With his moment. red wig on. <laughs> it's really scary. It's, <laughs> it's horrible. It is. And see, these are the things that really imprinted on me when I was a kid yeah. as well. You know, that was like, wow, he is, a, he is more horrific than Jerry as a Absolutely. As a the, these pointy teeth, this, this red sort of mop wig, which has been taken from a, a really scary looking doll. Mm. Um, and he just jumps out of the bed. It's it's, it's really frightening. <laughs> and then he transforms into a wolf, yes. which is sort of an ancient vampire mm-hmm. kind of lore there. And um, Peter Vincent has very conveniently sort of stumbled over a desk or something yeah. and broken it because it seems to be made of <laughs> balsa or something. <laughs> it's, made, it's made of knives, I <laughs> yeah. think, because it comes out very sharp. And um, as uh, Ed the wolf pounces on um, Peter Vincent, he sort of he impales conveniently him. impales him, mm-hmm. and they both fall off the... Uh, Bannister, and uh, we have quite a pitiful death scene. It's there. actually very sad. It's sad, and that's where it quite kind of hits home that, oh, poor Eddie, he was a misunderstood yeah. little outsider. No one yeah. liked him. And once more, it harks back to American Wolf in London, mm. where, where the final slaying of the wolf is, yeah. is heartbreaking. Yeah. And th- this, this evokes that, but like you said, Ed, Ed is just a lonely teenager, and yeah. he becomes that again at the end. Yeah, and there's some great uh, transformation special effects <laughs> there. And, you know, we're obviously supposed to feel, because Peter Vincent actually sits there weeping. That's right. Looking at this sort of poor, high, confused high school kid. Um, it's a pretty, it's a, it's a good horror scene. It's a really mm. good death scene. Yes. They we're end good. up back at yeah, they're, they're back on the stairs, so, yep. so Billy is still, still trying to block Charlie. So, yep. so Charlie shoots Billy through the head. Yeah, Peter, Billy, Peter Vincent Peter shoots through the head. Sorry. Billy turns into a stuntman and falls down the stairs. Yep. Um, he keeps getting back up, yep. because... Is this the first time we realise that he is undead? Yeah. I, 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 before that, I thought he was just a like a mortal familiar. Yeah, um, me too. Because I, I remember watching this as a kid and being confused at this point because I wasn't... Yeah. I first thought, oh, did, has he just been bitten so now he's a vampire? Yeah. I wasn't sure what was going on. But they make it very clear that he's not a vampire. He's sort yes. of this rotting, ghoulish sort mm. of undead thing. They certainly make that clear at the end. Yeah. yeah. And uh, no, this is the first time that his supernatural mm. sort of status is, is revealed. Yep. And um, oh, he, he melts. It's, it's a bit Raiders. Mm. It's that, that melting. That melty. You see all yeah, this yeah. green snot stuff coming out yeah. of his sleeves. Yeah. yeah. Like he's left a few too many hankies up there. Something yeah. like that. It's just horrible. <laughs> uh, it's good. Yeah. Very, very good. So then I think Amy turns Amy up. Amy turns up. Or, or he goes to get Amy and yeah. he realises that she's this Vampire with an enormous mm, mouth, enormous like mouth. Julia Roberts' big yeah. mouth size. It's huge. Yeah, not not quite as offensive as Julia Roberts' big mouth. No, but, um, no. Yeah, but again, a really good pr- prosthetic. Hmm. Heaps of teeth, looking quite animalistic it's and scary. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. 
And before long, Jerry is is sort of exposed to sunlight. Yeah, they, they open some blinds. I open some. That's all it took. Yeah, just, it's all it's just <laughs> open the window. Yeah, yeah. open the blinds. But they try and get him in the coffin, and but, he, you know, opening, too late. The irony is that opening the blinds is what got Jerry into this mess to begin with, isn't it? Wow. If just, <laughs> curtains. We're, we're bookended by curtains. I know. You're very good at this. You're very astute. <laughs> curtains really fucked Jerry's. <laughs> thousand year existence as I was exploding he went damn you curtains (laughs) tinted windows (laughs) they were bloody expensive walls and bricks for me next time (laughs) and he has quite an impressive death scene as well he turns into this kind of skeletal bat demon thing and it all looks very 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 good good. yeah and then he explodes he explodes and um, we sort of end back where we, we started yep. with... Um, Charlie being a sex pest. Charlie being a sex pest. He feels like he's really earned his kind of... Um, Strife. <laughs> he's earned his, <laughs> his curtains. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's time for his... Yeah. Charlie Charlie's yeah. <laughs> and he thinks he sees some sort of glowing eyes in, hmm. in Jerry's house. And no, no, it's all right. Yeah. Back to the task at hand. And then we sort of hear Evil Ed... Doing his catchphrase. Doing his catchphrase. Yeah, so cool, Brewster. Quite yeah. a fitting yep. little end, really. Yeah. And then, of course, two or three years later, followed by a middling sequel. I, I've not seen the sequel. I saw it when I was at uni and don't remember a thing about but it. I, I believe the, the only two characters that, that came back were Charlie and Peter Vincent. Yeah. And uh, the, the main vamp baddie in that one is uh, Jerry's sister. Okay. Mm, mm. Played can't... played by anyone we know? Um, oh, no, no. She she's popped up in a few things. Can't remember her name. Okay. Sorry. Um, but not a not a no. not a huge name. No. So I haven't seen the sequel or the I haven't seen the remake. Oh, I haven't seen the remake. Although I've heard the remake's okay. Uh... I um yet saw the remake a couple of years ago. It is okay. It's kind of entertaining. Good at you know good actors mm. again, but it's just not the same because this is a film of its time. Oh, totally. You know where it was really trying to reclaim vampirism hmm. is a scary thing um and colin farrell as jerry dandridge just isn't nowhere near as kind of debonair well, he's and... too much of a jack the lad isn't he, he is. I, I, lo- I really really like colin colin farrell yeah um but he's he's not that seducing charmer no that, that you would need for it no he didn't have this kind of worldly uh, elegant kind of like you say charmer and um that he's much less sympathetic in the in the remake because in the remake he actually has this little dungeon where he keeps his victims living so he can sort of feed off them. Oh Christ! Yeah, feed off them during the night. There's a scene where um, the Charlie character in the remake has to kind of break in and try mm. and which is actually quite a good scene. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think part of what makes this work is the original Friday Night work is that I I think you know Jerry. Yeah. Hey, he's stuck in this situation. He didn't ask to be a vampire. You know, does he really get off on killing these? Yeah, there, there is some. There, there's a there's a hint of reluctance yeah. at times, yeah. and the times where he's really enjoying it. Obviously, oh but... yeah, yeah. But you know, those pesky yeah. kids. <laughs> but you're you're right. It, it's it it certainly is of its time. It's mm. it's like we mentioned earlier. It, it, it's almost like a John Hughes vampire film. Yeah. And and you watch it, and your first instinct instinct is to go, oh, it's it's such an eighties film. Yeah. Because of the not not just the look and the soundtrack, but the actual, the actual atmosphere of the film as well. Mm-hmm. It's very, very light-hearted. Mm-hmm. Things like weird science and things. Like that. It's got that yeah. kind of feel to it. So that that just doesn't play anymore. No, and um, it, you, you're right. It's a, it's a good mashup of genres that really, really work. Yes. Yeah, and uh, so there wasn't just a 2011 Hollywood remake. There was apparently also a Bollywood remake. That sounds good. I think that would be quite good. That sounds brilliant. Yeah, and rightfully, um, I think it's a pretty good. 
box office yes. at the time. Um, and rightfully, it's also become a cult classic. Absolutely, I, I did read that, and this is this is quite a sad end to the to the original Fright Night franchise. Was yeah. that is that there was going to be a third one, mm-hmm. um, but the 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 head of the production company was was Jose Menendez, and and he got murdered. Obviously, he was murdered, yeah. as we know, because Law and Order is on at the moment. Yeah, yeah, um, by his two sons, oh, um, and and that I think he was murdered just before the second one was released. Okay, so a lot of the the publicity. That they pulled back a lot, so the second one didn't do very well, and they yeah. just completely binned the third one. But Roddy McDowell was very keen to do about four or five more. Well, he was so happy with his performance. There's almost... I was watching it thinking, you know, this should be a TV show of Charlie and Peter Vincent sort of yeah. <laughs> going around America, taking on these monsters. I mean, they're a good, they're, yeah, they're the, a good team. The, the, the Brewster Vincent Chronicles or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, much better than Supernatural. Oh, God. That's, that's, we've come to the end, I think. I think so. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll ask that question, as you chose it, Rob. Mm-hmm. Was it still any good? It was bloody good, I thought. Hadn't seen it for a long time. Thought, I think it has stood the test of time. Just even the, at- the atmosphere, the effects, while you know they have dated, they're actually still pretty effective. Totally. Great characters, great acting, just entertaining. The hour, the hour and 45 flew by when I was watching it, um, and it kind of hasn't really been done again in, in yeah. that way. And like I said, I think it's been a really influential film on the way that vampires are sort of depicted to try mm. and scare, mm. scare us these days. Yeah. Mm. I thought it was great. I I really really enjoyed it. Mm. It's it's my kind of horror film. It's mm. it's scary and it's funny, which again puts me in mind of American Wolf in London, yeah. or, or more recently things like Tucker and Dale versus Evil, yeah. which which gets that balance just right. It's 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 not a spoof. Mm-hmm. It's scary yet it's funny. Yeah. Um. And and as you mentioned that 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 whole concept of vampires aren't scary anymore. Mm. Oh shit, they are. Yeah. Is is a great one to to, to hang a film on. Yeah. That, the, the only one that's done that recently, as far as I can see, is bizarrely Hotel Transylvania, the kids' film, oh, yeah, which, okay. which has exactly the same thing, which yeah. is we've got so used to those kind of universal movie monsters. Mm. People love them now. We're not frightened of them anymore. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's a great concept. Yeah. I quite like Hotel Transylvania. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't right. seen it. I must yeah. do. Surprisingly enough, my daughter loves it. Mm. Um, I think we're about done. Yeah. So, uh, so yes, still good. Still good. Go I see agree. it if yeah. you haven't. It's brilliant. So that's the end of the first part of our Halloween special. Why not download part two? tomorrow.